Oh. Oh yeah. Do you reckon is that like the, the, the slutty friend of normal yeast? Absolutely substandard manager. What does a tickle look like? That's just uninspiring. Hello everyone and welcome to the Craft Beer and Current Affairs podcast where we talk through everything craft beer and current affairs. Well, mainly craft beer and a little bit of current affairs. I'm your host, Noel Fahey, along with my co-host, Mike Hartnett. Mike, do you want to introduce yourself? How are you doing, Noel? Thanks. Mike here. Looking forward to this. Uh, what, what have we got on the agenda? So Hi. on the agenda today, we are doing a pale ale tasting. So we've got three beers coming up. First one is Dundalk Bay Brewery. It's an American pale ale. Then Bin Bon Pale Ale from Ballykilcavan Brewery. Then you will be finishing with Black Donkey's Barrel Reserve. Really looking forward to that one. Yeah. That's a 10%er. We're going to ease ourselves in anyway. But uh, before we get into the beer, Mike, I've got one question for you. What does a tickle look like? What does a tickle look like? Yeah. Jeez, you got me there. <laughs> well, that brings me on to our first story out of the day, anyway. Mr. Men are celebrating their 50th anniversary, would you believe? I have been on the market for 50 years. And the reason I asked that question was because Mr. Tickle was the first character that was created. So from reading through the news today, I've come across this nice little story that the creator's son asked him, what does a tickle look like? And that sparked him to come up with Mr. Tickle. He drew an orange man, I suppose, as you would call it, with arms outstretched, bending and flopping, and his little blue hat, and then he never changed after that. Can you remember the first time you saw any Mr. Man or Mr. Mr. and Mrs., sorry. What was it called? It's Mr. and Mrs., isn't that what these books are called? Gender fluid character. I don't know. Oh my uh, god, I wonder does it. I'm just going to look that up. See, sure. I'm going to Google list of Mr. and Mrs. characters. See, have they added new ones recently? Is it right to, to say Mr. Cool? Does he have to have a Mr. Mrs. Cool nowadays? Careful not to offend anyone. I think that's yeah. the thing today, isn't it? Mr. Men. So you've got Mr. Adventure. Mr. Marvelous, I don't remember him. Mm. Uh, oh, it's Mr. Men and Little Miss. That's 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 the correct. Mr. Lazy, I remember him. Mr. Uppity. <laughs> look, can I look at look at Mr. Uppity? He's got a little top hat, and he's got a. Does he have a monocle? Oh my God, he's got a monocle. That is brilliant. Yeah. Why is Mr. Cool triangular? Uh, because he is razor sharp. Yeah. Um, he's got the edge. That's why he's sharp. Yeah. Mr. Funny, Mr. Dizzy, Mr. Rush. Mr. Impossible. <laughs> yeah, okay. Mr. Nonsense. I don't think he was a character back in my day. And Mr. Nosy, Mr. Wrong, Mr. Mean, Mr. Worry, Mr. Perfect, Mr. Brave. Oh my god. Oh jeez, there's pages and pages. They definitely added them. Little Miss Hug, Little Miss Greedy, Little Miss Busy, Little Miss Scatterbrain. Now, yeah. is that, are they trying to say that all women are scatterbrained? Is that why the scatterbrain is a miss? I don't think you can say that. Little Miss Fickle there. That's, that's <laughs> obviously going to rouse a bit of controversy, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah. well, look, they're giving Little Miss, little miss Brainy, okay. okay Does that say those guys aren't brainy? Yeah, no. Uh, no. Uh-huh. Okay. Anyway, maybe we were thinking into it too much. So I found that as a nice little story. Hey, I think it's time to crack open the first beer. Yeah, let's go for it. So... 
Brewmaster, 4.5%. Dundalk Bay Brewery, American Pale Ale. Mike, I'm not going to lie. I'm a bit sceptical on this. First of all, I'm not overly a fan of the design on the can. It's a bit plain. So we will read what it says in the back, actually, Mike. Do you want to give that a read while I get the glasses sorted here? So malted barley based wheat obviously as well hops and yeast okay pretty standard now there is an, a- an addition of orange peel in there and coriander which okay it's different definitely different i don't know how that would work out i'm interested to see coriander is obviously quite a strong herb so if there's no to coriander going through they definitely add a different dimension to it. let's see i suppose the proof yeah is the taste let's get this cracked open oh it definitely pours dark for a pale ale. There's a big head on it. Definitely. So you definitely need to pour this one on the side. Why would you describe that colour, Mike? It's very cloudy anyway. Quite a thick head, correct, yeah. Smell. Nothing really too distinctive about the smell on that one over. Getting the orange peel out of it, yeah? Oh, you definitely do get that orange peel taste, actually. Well, I got it anyway. It's got a foamy texture. Definitely is more foamy than silky. Yeah, it's quite quite coarse. Okay, so at Brewmaster, we develop unique recipes with a modern brewing style to create sessionable and refreshing premium quality beers. Our heritage dates back to the 1700s, where brewing was part of our DNA. Now, are they just saying like people in general, or are they talking about this actual individual brewery? Because I don't think they've been around since the 1700s. We proudly carry this tradition forward by selecting local natural ingredients and brew in our state-of-the-art Irish-made brewery, harnessing the tradition of old and improving with the new for a memorable premium Irish beer to enjoy choose brewmaster here's another reason why i was skeptical about this any beer that has the word premium on it i don't know about you but i avoid that like oh yeah just look at a fan design of the can it's it is american Uh, oh they do they went with the blue white and red oh i see i suppose if if not that transparent there's a little american flag logo going on there nothing against our friends in america but some of the best breweries in the world are in america definitely not a lot of illustration there there isn't much taste to it it's very plain it's fine it's okay it's more like your generic beer that you get in a bar not a memorable one you're not going to go out and buy this i would agree i'm sure we'll start getting different tasting notes off as we start going through it um, but on to the next story Mike I think you have some interesting, something interesting that happened in stock exchange uh, this week I'm not an expert in the stock market so GameStop okay everyone's familiar with GameStop the stock exchange right okay it's obviously quite a complex thing at the best of times this story really kind of shows how the the everyday person or the, the everyday man or woman can, can actually influence the stock exchange to come together as a larger community so there is a thing that I wasn't fully aware of. There are professional uh, people out there that are not just looking for spikes in the value of shares, but also decreases or potential decreases in the shares. So what they what they had actually looked to do was manipulate a decrease. There was a practice where they borrow shares and they give them back to the actual shareholders after. So if you're looking at millions and millions of value of shares, that's quite a quite a chunk of change. Whereas the everyday person like you and I may not have had a huge interest in, in the stock market. When you see shares and things like GameStop fluctuating, 
Mm-hmm. It kind of piques your interest because it's something that, like a lot of people would have an interest. In. Big multi-billion industry nowadays. But yeah, I suppose to, to finish off, what happened was that these guys, these professional sharks, we call them, had almost they're almost convinced they're pretty pretty sure that the value would drop in these shares. So when the value dropped in the shares, they were to purchase them back at a lot less of a price, hand them back to the original shareholders pocket the difference so what did reddit come into was there a lot of people saying so reddit, something so the guy i suppose your average guy working a nine-to-five job like yeah. ourselves may have had shares in gamestop because they well, believe in the company had, yeah. And, yeah and i mean you wouldn't be looking at hundreds of thousands yeah the direct impact of this practice it impacts the everyday guy's shares too a guy with a hundred euro worth of shares might only have shares worth 80 euro or 70 euro like we before mentioned and obviously the gaming community or the whatever um, I got together. I know you're a big fan of the gaming community, Mike. I'm not a fan. Nothing about it. They're a bit annoyed that this practice was going on. I suppose it came to light. They decided, what if, what if, they, as a group of hundreds of thousands of people on this sharing this platform, sharing this interest, were to purchase shares? Okay, well, direct impact of them purchasing shares, like anything, if something goes up in popularity, the value also increases. Next thing, hundreds of thousands of people buying shares in GameStop, which increased the value. So did they all just get together and say, we're going to buy? Ah, I see. People power will always overcome financial gain. Uh, And here actually, it just goes to show uh, that (laughs) these experts, these guys that are actually running Wall Street, or the top guys in Wall Street, had no power over this. Because the more people have bought shares, the more more value Mm-hmm. You can't stop people buying these. It's an awful market. <laughs> All they could do is wait and hope that the value was to drop down at some stage again. But believe it or not, the value's still going up. Okay. So up. I'd say the boys in GameStop, the CEOs, are having a feel there. They're delighted. They're rubbing their hands together going, well, it's yeah. it's the guys who possess the shares. The common people are actually benefiting from this. So, yeah, but they only benefit when they go to sell. I mean, they go to sell, but the value's gone up, so... Yeah, it's yeah. gone up, but as in, like, well, as soon as, as soon, but as soon as everybody starts going, okay, this fun is over, yeah. it's going to fucking drop. So have... these guys who they're trying to screw over are actually going to win anyway. They just need to play the long game. Yeah. Ah, it will. It can drop overnight. It can but, drop overnight. But I suppose the moral of the story is the guys who are actually manipulating the situation, obviously the plan they had in place didn't work out. They're left in a horrible situation. Where, yeah, I think they're a the, horrible situation. You're, you're they're, 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 they're not short a few bob. Look, the small okay. guy won in this one. Uh, and he might have won the battle, but I don't think he's going to win the war. Okay, right. Let's move on to this. So how is the beer going down? Are you getting anything extra in the beer there now? Better, I, mean, it, I think it's, it's gotten a little bit better now. It's um, okay. It does a little bit more of a, a citrusy kind of feel to it coming in, but I'm not, not in any character or that. It ticks, it ticks the boxes. And that's, yeah. that's about it. Mm. Get no great flavors out of it. Yeah, it's quite flat. It is absolutely um, the head. Just to be clear, so it poured with a nice big head. So definitely, you need to pour this on its side. But like the head then dissipates very, very quick. Like in the time we've been talking, it doesn't exist really now. It reminds me just of a generic beer. The word premium on it, yeah, yeah it's never a good sign for me. Look, at the end of the day, it's not the worst beer that you'll ever come across. Um, but in terms of the standard that we like to achieve here in the Craft Beer Current Affairs podcast. And okay. again, we, we don't show any bias. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As you can see, we just opened up with something that we didn't like. But that is the thing about craft beer. What I like about craft beer is 
everybody is different. So I personally love certain types of beers. I love stouts and porters and I love the stronger the better. Whereas you've got people who love sours and me and Mike might drink the exact same beer and get completely different tastes of because everybody's taste buds are different. Absolutely. And um, that's what's going to be fun on this podcast is we drink the same beers and we see what we get. And from listening, you'll see that your taste might align with one person over the other. And if they liked it, then there's a good chance you're going to like it because you've now learned that all our taste buds are aligned. Okay, so we're nearly finished through this one. One question I have for you, Mike, how important is a glass? when it comes to a beer is a glass a big thing for you do you think it affects taste do you think it what how what is your opinion on a glass question probably wasn't always depends on what you're drinking i'm not a fan of the the full pint glass or the deeper glasses really like for one reason really if you're doing a tasting or something like this you want to be able to i suppose closely monitor the, the smells aromas of the beer and just have a closer look of the the colorings suppose the temperature as well like the smaller amounts in the glass holds the temperature a bit better you're not leaving it sit there for longer smaller pours are better really for for appreciating the fuller flavors of beers but again it's something that i wouldn't be overly fussed about i do tend to go for smaller glasses if I can say you had a traditional pint glass and you're going to drink something from it what would you drink from it traditional pint glass well I I look at the pint glass or maybe is there such a thing as a traditional pint glass because we're here in Ireland so our version of a traditional pint glass would be very different probably to to Europe well, and to Germany Belgium more cultured uh, <laughs> Guinness drinkers for example yeah. don't drink Guinness out of a certain glass and they will swear by it yeah and, I've heard that already. and blind yeah. tasting they will tell you it's the wrong glass I'm not jeez I don't look that that deeply into what it what the quality of the maker, the design, the shape, the glass, but some people do, for example, and I will go through phases of drinking Guinness, especially winter time. I just appreciate just the temperature. If it comes out the right temperature, the glass doesn't matter to me. It's quite glass. Whereas other beers, for example, IPAs, are smaller glass. Okay, fair enough. Um, if I was to drink something out of a traditional pint glass, I would have to say it would be Guinness. I, I wouldn't be able to put Guinness in a different glass other than, we'll say, a Guinness glass. Mm. Now, then when it comes to different beers, I've got lots of different types of glasses and, I suppose, goblets, you could call them. And I find when I'm doing my first time drinking a beer, I like it to be in a glass. Um, I've got some nice Delft ones that are more kind of like goblets that you'd see in medieval age. It gives a cool feel to it. But it would have to be a beer that I've drank a few times. I know what I'm getting and I don't need to see what it looks like. Half the fun of a craft beer for me is seeing the way it pours. So in that sense, glass is important to me. I like my pale ales to be in a smaller glass and I like my stouts and porters to be in a bigger glass. That would be the height of where it would go. I wouldn't cry over it, but that would be the height of where it would go. So then I suppose bring it on to the rating for this beer. So we're going to rate it as a pale ale. What would you give it a rating as for that? And what would you give it as an overall rating across all beers? Then also it's drinkability in the sense of, would you have more than one of them like? Yeah, good question. Generally, I'm a, a simple enough guy when it comes to ratings. Um, five for me would be an average, okay? Better than that is decent, but I, I struggle to get past the five in this one. And, and I, I try. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Brewmaster, but it's 
it just doesn't do anything for me. It's you mentioned what I would I go and get a second one. I probably offer something different. I just find it look. But in one sense, because what I'm going to lean towards is I'm going to give it a an actual decent rating when it comes to drinkability. There's no overpowering no. thing there. So would that make its drinkability a little bit better for you or worse for you? Well, no, and I and I'll explain myself. Okay, it's it's okay. It comes across as quite easy to drink. It does, I agree there. But like we're, we're in Ireland, like we've so many great breweries, and there's there's so much great uh, raw materials and ingredients we can put into our beers. That's just uninspiring. Yeah, for me, I'm gonna be harsh, and I just think it's a very weak effort. I'm not sure as everyone done dock agreed that captures the taste of the dock. <laughs> That's a very good uh, way of putting it. Oh, if we so had listeners, <laughs> if we had yeah. listeners, we could yeah. ask them. You know, yeah, yeah. Do, is this Dundalk in a glass for you? But no, we don't have any listeners. <laughs> Not yet. Okay, so you're sitting with five. Five, yeah. On pale five and, and overall, five, five out of every beer you've ever drank. We're yeah. saying and drinkability. Drinkability. I'm still going to give it five. Okay. So five across the board for Mike. Right. For myself, if I was given a pale ale rating, there is some seriously good pale ales out there. Mm. It doesn't hit with them. Having said that, it's not the worst drink I've ever had. I'd sooner that over something like, you know, Hop House if I was on a night out, you know. So for that, I'd be leaning more towards 5.5, maybe 6. So I'll give it a 5.5 in the pale ale rating. When it comes to overall, look, I'm a big fan of the stouts and the porters and the strong beers. So it's obviously going to rank lower for me in overall rating of everything I've ever drank. So I'll be looking at a 4 in that. When it comes to drinkability, ah, I'll give it a 6 on the drinkability. I wouldn't seek to drink several of them. But if I ask myself the question... Would I be able to drink a few of them compared to more than other drinks? Yeah, I would. So it's getting a six for me in drinkability. So that is the Brewmaster by uh, Dundalk Bay Brewery. It is an American Pale Ale. Pick that up in, um, well, I get mine online in uh, Beer Club uh, is the name of the place I get them. So I'm sure in Dundalk you can buy it. Maybe it is Dundalk in a glass. Yeah, or maybe but the people of Dundalk don't drink it at all. <laughs> We don't know. Right, I'm going to uh, source our second beer here now. Right, so in this we have Bin Bon Pale Ale. So we're staying in line with the pale ale style of beer. This is your standard pale ale. I've had a good few things from Bally Kilcavin's Brewery. They do some seriously good stuff. My first reaction on the can is it is nice looking can. Yeah. It's got really good colours. Yeah. It's like a limey kind of yeah, green. And I wonder is that going to be a, a hint to the flavour? Will we get lime in it? Stratton there on the can there. What does it okay, say? Right. So this pale ale is multi base, balanced by generous additions of bittering citrus aroma hops. Okay. It's a lot of hops in it, so if yeah. it's very bitter. Probably I'm not a fan of too that. much hops now. I suppose um cracker open, I suppose, will we? Bin Bon Pale Ale by Ballykill Cabin. Yeah. Let's get the sound on this one. Ooh, it didn't hiss as much as the last one. That's the first thing I noticed. Okay. The foam head is not rushing up to the top of the can. So that's different than the last one. Let's see what kind of a head this gives. So I'm pouring at the angle. Very important until you're familiar with the beer. There isn't a big head coming, so I'm now going to pour flat. 
we're getting a bit more of a head so i would say pour this one flat mike would you yeah would. yeah pour this one flat um any differences in the color very yeah, similar look, color is it it's similar color maybe not as cloudy a bit clearer Head is definitely not evident to this one. It's clear overall, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a bit of an orange tint to it if I hold it up to the light. Yeah. So let's go with the sniff test, huh? Oh, getting hops, aren't you? Yeah, it's definitely citrusy. It definitely smells fresher than that other one. Ah, uh, okay. This is a lot smoother. Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah. Ah, yeah. That's what we're talking about. That's more like it. Let me get more of that. I would find this much more refreshing. It's really refreshing. Not There's no aftertaste or anything. No, doesn't have an overpowering alcohol taste off it either. It's very, very easy to drink. It's not foamy like the last one, the texture. No. It's it's nice and clean. The type of beer you could give to guests or something like and just, you know, if someone wasn't sure, wasn't used to drinking these types of beers, it'd definitely be an easy one to uh, get someone used to drinking. All right, so it brings us on to the next little story that we have. Here in Ireland, we had some craft beer awards recently. It was Independent Craft Brewers of Ireland Awards. And what's really cool and unique about this awards is the way they have done it. So basically, if you chose... As a brewery to enter this awards, what you were signing up to do is have other brewers or brewers, sorry, who have entered. So other breweries who have entered the exact same competition, you're sending your flagship beer. So you only get to pick one. So you're sending that to all the other breweries that have entered the competition this year. And everything is has no labels, nothing to identify it. And then all the different brewers who have entered this competition rate each of the beers and then you get the winner. So if we can picture this in practical terms, I am a brewery and I have entered the competition. I then get a box, a mystery box if you like, a box with bottles and cans of all the other breweries that have entered this. But all the bottles and cans have no labels or anything, so it's blind tasting. So you will, in fact, be tasting your own beer, and you might not realize you are tasting your own beer. And then you're individually ranking those beers amongst all the other blind ones that you have done. And from that, you are then getting your beers of the year. For 2021, third, you have Kennegar Brewery with their... Thumper Double IPA. Now, I haven't had this, and I'm not a fan of IPAs, but I suppose I probably should try this one. Kennegar are in Donegal, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, Mike. Yeah. yeah. They do one thing which I really like, it coconut uh, porter. It's very nice, it's called Yan Roddy. Definitely highly recommend you picking up a, a bottle of that if you come across it. Second place you have was Lineman Astral Grains. So Lineman is the brewery and Astral Grains is the name of the beer. And I have had a good few of these and it is good. It is very, very good. And one, you know, kudos to them is that they were only set up in 2019. Their first beer was in August of 2019. So to have had your first beer in August 2019 and to come second in this with all the big players like Kinnegar, yeah. that is that is well done. So fair play to Lineman. Um, I'm really happy for them. They do some really, really good stuff. I've got stuff in the fridge there from them right now, which I can't wait to get to. Then you have the winner. 
So Around the Clock is the name of the beer. It's by Porterhouse in Dublin. So they are guys that have been pioneers in the Irish craft beer scene for a very, very long time. They have a great bar up in Dublin. If anybody likes craft beer and you think you're coming to Ireland, forget about Joel. No, yeah, get, you have to get your pint of Guinness, I suppose. But just get that done and go straight to Porterhouse is what I say. That's where you get some real good porters. Um, so this one was done with Dingle Distillery. Look, it's great to see these collaborations happen too with two brewers from two different sides of the country and, and well done to them on the award. I suppose the interesting point about this, this award is um, it's great to see is there's no favouritism or politics involved. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot really of, a lot of awards, you literally yeah. just buy them. Yeah. yeah, you know, I, I would be as big a fan of Kinnegar as most. I just find their... Their, their products exceptional and you can definitely taste the, the character and the, the local raw materials in, in their in their brews and their beers and they have such a great range as well I'd be a big fan of a lot of theirs but they're fairly well established and it's, it's great to see some other smaller uh, breweries mm. yeah, as well but absolutely no, I, I admire how they've done it and that's the way to go let the, let the, the guys who, who know the business judge yes yeah, absolutely it stops any sort of shiting around with um you know i don't want to say bribes but influencing people um yeah. because that can easily be done um, and then it becomes an all about who knows what the whole idea of it's the actual breweries themselves who are physically deciding and it's all done blindly that is that is special that's the right way to do it yeah. you'd but be, one, you'd be hoping you you guess your own beer anyway, <laughs> that'd be awkward right yeah. surely you would think that they well yeah surely they would get their own you'd imagine yeah well, I suppose, if, let's just go, I'm, I doubt this is what happened, but if there was only one porter and then the rest are all yeah. IPAs, then you wouldn't be long knowing that, okay, well, we put in a porter, there's no other porters here, um, in that sense, yeah, but, yeah, you would think they would get them, but um, what I really like about this bottle of the Around the Clock beer, which is one, is it's got the wax seal, which a lot of people are doing these days to signify it's something special. Like this is a limited edition, and it's got that wax seal on on the cap, which you need to literally peel off before you can pop the cork. I have a lot of beers like that, and it certainly is an eye catcher. But one thing about this beer is that um, you can see here from the the, the labeling, so brewed continuously for twenty four hours by Porterhouse Brewing Company, matured in bourbon and sherry barrels for 180 days, and then seven separate hop additions, and seven selected malts. So this is batch release number one. So this is their first ever release mm. of something like that, limited edition. It is very special, and I've have drank this before I even realized that they had won, and I have my own little logbook where I keep all my ratings, and this got a solid 10 out of me. For a man that loves beers and porters and stouts and strong beers, like for me to have given them a 10 says something, and then all the other brewers agreed the same. Mm. This boy is special. So if you can, you need, it is your prerogative to get yeah. this. This is everything that the world wants. The exciting news there as well is this This isn't the one-off. Uh, generally, when this process is done, it's done for a number of years. So you, you, undoubtedly they will be releasing in 2021. Yeah, edition. yeah, looking forward to that. Is beer something that can go up in value? I would say so, yeah. Yeah? I would definitely think, like, an example is what you're holding there is around the clock is where a lot of shrewd enthusiasts will hold on to a batch of that or hold on to maybe a case of that 
for a number of years. You'd be hoping to enjoy it down the line, but I, I've been lucky enough to um, be in a situation with, uh, with a local brewery here where they've done... Yes, Galway Bay Brewery. You're a big fan of them, Mike. Huge I, I fan remember, of them. Yeah. Not being biased, I'm not even a Galway man. But what I would say is what they do very well is they will, they will hold back on a significant amount of their earlier brews and they will give you the opportunity to taste so I, I, I was in that situation where I got to taste 2015 edition versus 2017 versus the 2018 and what you will notice is they all taste very different if you're drinking them in the yes so yeah it's amazing yeah. and it, it will have the different factors um, you're, you're using different raw materials as hard as you will try to get the same wheats or the same barleys, malts, whatever you're using in a beer or a stout, they will all be different. Every batch will be different. And even things like weather conditions will influence that and so on. So it's very interesting when you break down what you're drinking that it's almost impossible to replicate two batches. Unless there's some sort of chemical enhancement involved. If you start using chemicals, you can introduce that to create the exact same circumstances. Yeah. And that's what a lot of the, I'm not going to name names, but all the big dogs where literally you can go to any bar, in any place, in any country or any city in the world, and you're getting that exact same Absolutely. beer. That's like, get, give your brain a second hmm. to get around the quantity that needs to physically be produced for the fact that you could literally go to almost any city in the world and you can get this beer. Like, that is unsurmisable in my brain that the quantity they don't give a shit about the grain that's been no, used so. I think yeah. when you when your brand is built up to that level uh, you can compromise in quality you can compromise in, in your quality well yeah Brandon so, always wins over everything and that's the way the world is and I, look I don't blame them for you're saying things sure yeah well, I would like hey if I'm it's, making yeah millions probably billions sorry Um, you know it's no skin off my back I'm going to make billions whether it's shit or it's not shit so I don't need to care everyone gets into the business for different reasons as a brewer um, some will decide to stay small and hats off to them because it's not easy some will just go for it and they will expand at every available opportunity and sometimes you need to be less moral and a little cut a few corners and that's a different business proposition altogether. So I really would appreciate the for Galway Bay Breweries and your, your local brewers who they're maybe not losing sight of themselves either. And they're, they're standing by the values that they actually brought to the business in the first place and why they started. I appreciate that. And you, the, the taste comes through with the beer as well, you know? Oh, yeah. Without, without question. Like, are you getting into new, any new tastes off uh, that beer, the Ballykilcavan, Bin Bon? And these guys have been around for a long time so they're doing a lot of stuff they do lots of limited releases as well they have this um, brand called Clancy Cans mm. so every year it's different um, I'm pretty sure they're on number 4 now or maybe number 3 I think it's number 4 and it was a tiramisu dessert stout it was divine so they're Clancy Cans the first one I can't remember what it was number 2 it was a vice beer not my type of beer a lot of people liked it so it's literally called Clancy Cans 1 two and three so it's obviously a limited release to do them every year mm. uh, i'm really looking forward to see what they do next oh we need to give them a rating god yeah. damn it first off we've got to go with the pale ale rate it's very well balanced there's there is a little bit of a taste aftertaste that i'm after getting there now but that's like at the bottom of the can it's been sitting in my glass for a long time the head it did dissipate and um, it didn't stick around for too long i'm probably look i wasn't blown away but it wasn't bad 
I'd probably give it a 6.5 within the pale ale written. I do like my pale ale, so you do need to be yeah. up there on your game to get a higher rating than me. So I'm going to say 6.5. It definitely deserves 6.5 within the pale ale category. Then we get into overall rating. I've drank some good beers. I've drank some bad beers. So I'm going to put this as a... I'm going to say still 6.5 within the overall rating because I'm a big stout guy. So, you know, they're always going to rate... Everything's going to rate lower compared to my stouts. This is overall of every beer that I've ever drank. Uh, drinkability, it's definitely getting a 7 in the drinkability. It is nice. I, I can picture myself, sunny day, like you're going to want to break mm. that out. It's nice and refreshing. I did get a small citrus uh, when I first opened it up. It wasn't too hoppy, and I hate too much hops and i'm sure the craft beer community think i'm a crazy person hops are the greatest thing ipa double ipa double dry hop ipa more hops but i don't know that ain't me i don't like too much hops there isn't too much in that so yeah seven for drinkability that's what i'm going with what are you thinking mike it's pale ale it's it's good it's quality is good it's fresh it's easy to drink it's not overpowering it's you know there's no real aftertaste of it but being a bit of a stickler here I'm giving it a 6 well you give it's it more good. than our friends in Dundalk yeah uh, well worried, it's you know? and I'm, I'm not overly basing one on the other but the, it is easier to drink and it's, it's a little bit fresher okay you get yeah. qualities coming through a bit more overall I think it lacks some characteristics in it I don't think there's anything that differs or makes that different to a lot of the better pale ales out there better beers I don't think there's anything individual about it that would make me go back and get more but that's not a dig at that being bought at all it's, it's just to say that I don't there's no wow factor in this one on the other hand drinkability I'm going to give it an 8 oh okay more than me yeah what okay. I think in there is, okay. I think it's very easy to drink I think it's it's pleasant to drink it's fresh I it's, think we got through that faster than we did yeah, with the other one and I, I could see a situation where you've guessed around or you're having a bit of a you wouldn't be ashamed to give them that no I'm, but if I was give them the other yeah. one I'd be Jesus I'd be well, mortified I just think you can hand that to people who don't normally drink pale ale yeah. and they'll yeah. drink it and it's so easy to drink I just yeah. think it's very easy to drink and I think it has, it has mass appeal really you could okay. get a case of that uh, thumbs up on that thank you very much guys uh, in Valley Kilcabin they haven't given us that that's not what I'm saying thank you I'm saying thank you for creating that good beer time to get on to the creme de la creme before we run out of time because we are getting close to the time so what we have is Black Donkey Brewery who are from Roscommon here in Ireland. It's in the west of Ireland. These guys do some good stuff. I've been drinking their stuff for years. And what we have here, I got a lot of these. I have drank a few of these. They ain't easy to drink, but it is good. It is an experience. This is their double barrel barrel conditioned rye ale so a little bit different to the pale ales which we've done just before so this is a rye ale so it's a limited release there's a full backstory on the labeling limited release and what i'd always like is when they give you the number of the bottle on the label so this is bottle 1974 out of 1500 so there's only 1500 of these bottles in the world now, I know that sounds like I'm over-exaggerating because it's a local brewery here in Ireland. It goes to show that they're not getting carried away with themselves as a company either. And Can we read out the process? What happened? Yeah, lots to, lots to talk about this one. With a lot of details. Sergeant Jimmy is actually the name put to the person who racked and 
who brewed this initially. Oh, okay. Uh, it's not a subtle beer. <laughs> no, I have had this. Um, it's an explosion in your mouth. Yeah, which is great. I'm looking forward to it. 10% volume. So, a few bits, I suppose, the, the flavors that are their, their tenors come through is a dried fruit, rye, obviously, and spicy yeast, right? Okay, spicy yeast. Don't often see that around. Do you reckon, is that like the, the, the slutty friend of normal yeast? Or did the, the, the family I just argue? So. <laughs> the family are just kind of like, oh yeah, she's just a bit spicy. You can you can have her once, but don't go back again. <laughs> this is exactly how this beer comes across. Like as soon as we crack this, so this is in a bottle, five hundred mils. As soon as I crack this cap, the foam is going to shoot out. This is condensed, right? So. Double Barrel is the second release of our barrel conditioned series after Sarge and Jimmy. It was in Irish whiskey barrels for a couple of weeks. Then they decided it wasn't ready, so we transferred it to second soaked bourbon barrels for a few months. Jesus. Yeah, uh, yeah, so whiskey to bourbon. This beer isn't subtle. Yeah, damn right. I think without further ado, um yeah. you never thought you'd be killed by a black donkey, did you? Huh? No. <laughs> Listen to this. Well you won't you'll hear nothing because I have to run straight to the glasses because it just foams. Oh you heard that that was a, oh shit it's everywhere it is everywhere it's everywhere <laughs> so so mike had some water in his glass and he never fucking drank it and uh, it, uh, i panicked because there was foam everywhere and uh, and i put the drink on top of the water okay he's now throwing it down the sink fair enough <laughs> let's get this going easy Black Donkey's got the better of us already. We haven't even drank it. Yeah. Look at the size of the head. It's very fizzy. It's very foamy. Yeah, the head is hugely foamy. It's got a a tint to it as well. It's not white. Oh, sorry. Why am I giving you that to my glass? You're getting very excited about the Black Donkey. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing your reaction when you drink this, man. You need to pour this on its side very slowly. Okay, Um, looking at the... What kind of colours are you getting there, Mike? Dark, cloudy, but almost like a caramel colour. It's not as dark as I would have expected. Absolutely. I would agree that's caramel colour. If I hold it up to the light... I'm getting like a, a hue of honey, kind of. Yeah, it's like a thick honey colour as I hold that up to the light. I'm holding it up to a white light now. The aroma isn't pleasant at all. No. It's actually it's so a, overpowering. It's, it's, it's almost, a soury kind of smell. Yeah, it's but not, it's not a sour beer no now. Sweetness Do not get confused this with a, sour, with a sour beer. It is not sour. There is a, a little bit of dried fruit in there, yeah, just to go by the label. The actual fizziness of it disguises the strength of the alcohol. Yeah. So when you take it, when you take your first sip, you, you, you're hit with the, the foaminess, the foamy texture of it. But then as soon as you, you silk through that foam, you get that kick. There is the fruit. It's not a sweet fruit, but it, it's it's a fruit, like a dark fruity flavour. If I was to describe the colour of that fruit, it's a dark fruity colour. I will say, this tastes a little bit lighter than the other bottles of it I've had, but obviously that can happen. This is softer. I've had bottles of this which were very strong. Man, any, any sto- what stories have you brought to me today? Anton in sport? A few days ago, wasn't it? Probably a lot of followers of the Premiership and soccer out there. Um, yeah, the whole Frank Lampard debate. Should he have gone? Should he have stayed? Frank Lampard has been over Chelsea, or had been over Chelsea for <laughs> 18 months, I believe. That is all, but I suppose the background to this is, and what makes this interesting is, like, Chelsea traditionally would have went through managers like I've gone through pairs of socks, really. Uh, <laughs> you go through socks a lot, and, or and, not, well, but you don't go through socks a lot? Maybe not enough, maybe too often, who knows? <laughs> 
But, um, so, how often would you go through socks? How often do you change your socks? Mark? I tend to not use socks with, with more than one hole in them. <laughs> the one hole is for putting your foot into it. That's my, <laughs> uh, that's my <laughs> process of picking and choosing All socks. Alright, okay, we'll move on from Away that, from right? socks and onto Frank uh, Lampard anyway, so... The interesting one about this one is uh, Chelsea never hidden that I suppose the Chelsea owner Abramovich Russian never, billionaire right? Russian billionaire he can do what he wants so he, he basically has never been shy to kind of show how ruthless he was when it came to uh, hiring foreign personnel especially club managers so he's gone through a whole lot of managers down through years since he's taken over um, Chelsea but where the debate kind of stems is, is that the right process or the wrong process so a lot of Pro Abramovich or pro sacking fans will say. Frank Lampard, a usually loyal servant to the club, had been hired as a relatively inexperienced manager 18 months ago and back to the club where he was most successful as a player. And I suppose What's your view on that? A lot of places, um, obviously I don't follow soccer as much as you would or as much as most people would, right? The concept of first-time managers going straight into big clubs like Chelsea. Yeah, well, it's, it's I suppose the model is, is relatively unproven. But Has there anybody that's been successful that you can think of? Uh, maybe you go back to a certain extent your Luis Enrique's of Barcelona not many come to mind but I suppose the majority of, them, of those cases are successful so then so why do they keep going for it why is it why are a lot of or will it die out soon enough people will cop on do you know what guys I, I don't, don't think, think it's working I think it'll die out because I think there's a I suppose we'll take the Lampard case where he's idolised by a lot of Chelsea yeah. fans always has been do you think it's a marketing ploy by the, the company I do think that there's an element of appeasing unrest in fans and okay. there's an element of a feel-good factor yeah. there's also an element of in many respects clubs want to be ethically seen to be doing the right thing around staff and to be developing your managers to be developing young players whereas in the background but going from success. a player to a manager it's a whole different ballgame surely yeah. going out playing a game I'm going out trying to orchestrate a game, watch every other club. Like, as a player, you don't do that. Or am I wrong? Well, generally, the best players do not make the best managers. That's proven. So I, I would put that down to your best players would have a lot higher standards to buy by. They would obviously have a higher work ethic. They'd also have a lot higher expectations of the club and the players around them. So you, you can look at Roy Keane, for example, who for years was a fantastic captain, fantastic player. Really was known for a guy with a huge desire, a huge appetite for success. And a guy that would do or say what it took to get his team over the line to win trophies and win championships. But that did not translate across into good attributes as a club manager at a lower level. Because his expectations and what he needed from his players, you could say he was unreasonable. His expectations are too high. And at a lower level, you just don't have the quality player and everyone knows that. Is there case examples of players who have become great managers? And I don't mean their first outlet. Maybe they weren't great players. Maybe they were shit players, only average players, right? They didn't go straight to the top. They started working their way from the bottom and working their way up. Is there any case studies that you can think of of guys who were players and then became exceptional managers? Or did they only always stay average managers? Every case is different. I suppose if you want to look at it in more detail, you would take as a case study the best managers in the Premier League. So Jurgen Klopp would be one of the best managers in the league. Pep Guardiola. Were they players? They were both players with completely contrasting levels. 
So Klopp never really made it to the higher levels. He did play. Do you think teams. that because you're not an exceptional player, you in order to get by, you need to recognize the strengths and weaknesses of the players around you, yes. and because that, you end up then being able to bring that mentality to the management style, and Absolutely. therefore that benefits you more than if you're the best player, you didn't need to really care too much. Yeah. You're always looking the best. Yeah. If you're an average player, you need to look at who's better, who's worse. How can I help who's worse? How can I fit in with who's better? How can I work as a team dynamic? And therefore, you become a better manager by being an average player. Well, absolutely. A lot of great players have natural talent. A natural talent is just that. It's natural. It can't be taught. can't mm. be coached. It can't be passed on. If you are a naturally talented player, we'd say Thierry Henry, for example. Fantastic player. Did it all in the game. Unbelievable natural talent absolutely substandard manager but he could not translate what he wanted to do across the players because he never had to do that before he always had the natural ability so that's why I think Frank Lampard we're back to Frank Lampard (laughs) moral of the story is that great players very often don't make great managers because they haven't been that guy who struggled they haven't been that guy who's had to learn from the ground up and very often that guy He's a guy who does well as a manager. Makes sense. Right, so we got to run out of time. The best beer of the night. we got to rate it, Mike. we got to rate it. So, now, this is a rye ale. So, it doesn't belong in the same category, per right. se, as the other ones. But let, within the rye ale, or within the ale category, what are you giving this? Right, okay, in the ale category, definitely is more of a punch than the other two, two beers today. Mm-hmm. But we were expecting that. It took a while for me to adjust to this one. I'm a fan of it. I, I like beers with character. I like beers with mm. punch. This has that. Again, I, I think the more it's settled down, the more it flattened, the more I was tasting characteristics. So I would say you definitely leave this rest for a couple of minutes before you make a judgment. Yep. It ticks all the boxes. It's definitely unique, which I like, um, especially in Irish beers. I would say it's probably not for everyone at the same time, but... As a right yield, let's see, I'm going to give it, give it a 7.5. 7.5 from Mike. Okay, okay. Then overall, out of every overall, beer you've yeah. ever drank. Give it a solid 7. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, you can't go wrong with that. Now, drinkability. I'm going to give it a 6. Yeah. You're not getting the full value, or you're not really getting the overall gist of this until you leave a sip for a while. It can come across as coarse, but you're not really getting the flavours until it settles for a while. It's a bit more complex than the other ones, not as easy to drink, so it's not for everyone, so I give it a six. For me, within the rye ale category, it's sweeter than other rye ales, but like, to be fair, it's not as sweet as sweet beers go. I am giving that a good solid eight within rye ales. Then, overall, out of every beer I've drank, it's definitely between 7.5 and 8. I'm going to go 7.5, just to be conservative. I could have easily given this an 8 out of 10 for every beer that I've ever drank. Drinkability, listen, these are once-offs. You're not going to spend the night drinking these things. These, anything that's packed with flavour, packed with that burn of alcohol, you can't drink that all night. Drinkability, yeah, look, it's always going to have to be a little bit lower when you get into the high alcohol contents. So, yeah, it's drinkability is six. That's about it. That wraps it up for this week. It's been amazing to uh, go on this journey of beers and talk about current affairs. We hope that people will start to join and uh, tune in and interact with us. So, thanks to anyone who chose to listen. Any last words, Mike? Really, Joy. Look, 
it's a journey as you say and you're learning something for every beer you drink and it's look every beer is a different experience thank you very much to Black Donkey to Bally Kilcavin and Dundalk they were not sponsors of this these are just what we picked up and bought but thank you for going to the effort of making these great beers and uh, tune in next week for some more beers <laughs>